Very nice. Happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. Very good. Lots of energy this morning. So I, I like to keep my promises, and I mentioned earlier that uh, you'd see more of me, right? So here I am. I want to share with you that we at the conference are working for you. And, and let, me, let me rephrase that. We are the administrative offices of the conference because you are the conference. Without you guys, we won't exist, right? So we're just part of the administrative offices of the Texas Conference. And we work very hard for you and happy to be here this morning. Uh, thank you to Pastor Nathan for the invitation. And actually, little secret, um, thank you to my boss, the Texas Conference treasurer. He had a situation, let's not go into details, and he couldn't make it this morning. So because of that, I'm here today, and I am very happy for that. I am very sure that God has a message for all of us this morning. And I have to say, I honestly believe that all of us have been blessed already by the service that we have seen. So much so that if I was to leave right now, we would still be blessed. Uh-oh, I was hoping nobody would say amen. So I can say, well, let me continue. But since that, okay, we can, no. As I said, God will definitely has a message for us this morning. I, you know, even from the church's name, faith community, that sends a message to everybody that reads you guys' name. I have to say that the song service, piano and violin, two of my favorite instruments, thank you so very much. I enjoyed it a lot. The welcome, I, I would have stopped right there, okay? I, I would have stopped after the welcome. That, that was just amazing. Thank you. Um, I have to say, I've never been asked to introduce myself from, from the front. As a, I, I don't know if you guys had before, but anyway, welcome you guys as well. Um, Children's story, normally we have adults having a story for children, okay? Today we had a story by a future leader of the church. So I, I love how you are preparing the future leaders of this church early, okay? Let's never forget that. Um, sometimes we see as our children grow, they get to an age where there's a disconnect, don't ever allow that to happen in this church. When you were sharing the story for the tithe, I related a lot. Because that's very similar, except that I didn't go for, you know, to, to be a pastor. But I did go to university, La Sierra, in California, said, here I am. I have absolutely no money. Um, I don't speak English, and, um, and I'm here to study. And obviously, something happened. God worked, because I'm here today. Amen. So, never thought I would be here. So, thank to him. Thank you also for bringing the children for the intercessory prayer. That, that, was, that was very touching. And the special music. Thank you all. 
also for that. Um, so, as she mentioned, my name is Francisco Pollock. I work as associate treasurer for the Texas Conference, but specifically in the area of auditing. So, um, please don't hate me yet, okay? <laughs> I know auditors don't have a very good reputation. Um, that said, our responsibility, and, and I love this about our church, goes beyond just auditing, right? Um, we also support our treasurers. So when any of our treasurers or any of our churches or schools have a problem with their system or they need more information about finances or anything, they call us. And we also do trainings for our treasurers every year. So it, it goes a little beyond um, simply just doing audits and, and being hated all over the Texas conference. This morning, I want to start with a story that I read on a book called Serve God, Save the Planet. And Matthew Sleeth, he's the author, he says that once he heard a description of what meals would be like in heaven. He said the saints are seated on either side of a long table about four foot wide, full with delicious food on every plate. The only thing that seemed a little weird was the silverware. So the forks and spoons had a handle that was about three foot long. Okay. So the dinner time rule was that everyone must eat using those long forks and spoons. Amazingly, the dining table in hell was exactly the same. It was a long dinner table, four foot wide, same silverware. This is what made the difference. In heaven, the people that were dining, they would immediately grab their spoon and feed the person across the table. Whereas in hell, everybody was complaining about how difficult it was to eat with a spoon that was three foot long. That made the difference. You know, brothers and sisters, we were created to share. The reason that many of us are here this morning is because God shared. He shared his most precious gift. He shared his son so that you and I can be saved. Of course, sin changed everything, and now things are different. This sharing is no longer a trend. You know, now it seems to be exactly the opposite. It's all about me, 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 and what I can get. On my previous job before coming to the conference, um, the senior managers were supposed to um, mentor the newcomers, right, the, the younger generation coming in. And it was surprising to me to see how many kids will come in with this idea that I just want to rise to the top. 
And please don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with rising to the top. It was their mentality, mentality about how to rise to the top. They were willing to do anything, to walk over anybody, to call attention to themselves in every possible way they could so that people know they existed, so that they could move further. And I would tell them, I said, you know what? If that's the case, I think I'm the worst mentor that you can ever have. And why is that? Because I have never asked for a promotion. I have never asked for a raise. So I cannot relate to what you're telling me. What I've done is work hard. And when people notice, then they do the promotions. Then they do the races. You know why? Because we don't work for a company. We do everything we do. Why? Because we do it for God. And sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we forget that. But before I go further, let me tell you something I was sharing with uh, Sister Sarah. I, I don't do this very often, okay? And, and I, I imagine you guys can tell that pretty quickly. Um, so I, I'm happy we have these because you can't see my knees shaking back here, right? Well, that's good. And I've been told that if I say it up front, then that helps calm one down. So I'm, I'm trying it, you know, and see. But I also believe that God speaks through us. So let's pray and let's ask God to speak through me this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today knowing that you have a message to deliver and a message to be heard. Please talk through me and allow everyone to hear what they need to hear this morning. Like Peter, when he spoke and they heard in his language. Instead of languages, let it be this morning what people need to hear. And that the Holy Spirit touches everybody's hearts on their way that they are needing this morning. And when they leave here, they leave full of the Holy Spirit. Not because of me, because I'm not doing anything here. You are doing it. You're speaking. We thank you for that. We thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. So one of the first things that we need to realize as Christians is that everything belongs to whom? Why is it so hard to practice that? We say it. We know it. Everything belongs to God. We find it. Psalms 24.1, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. Leviticus 25.3, the land should not be sold permanently. Why? For the land is mine. This is God speaking. Haggai 2.8. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord. Psalms 50.10. For every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. And Colossians 1.17 says, And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Everything is God's. Wait, everything? Let's think about that for a moment. 
everything. That means you and me. We also belong to God. Right? We are His. We are God's. Why sometimes it's so hard to understand that? He created us in His image. He created us to be perfect. Don't believe me. Believe Jesus. He said, Matthew 5, 8, Therefore you shall be what? Perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. And we can spend all day here, you know, debating what does that word perfect means? What did Jesus meant? But the point is that he made us in his image. We are made to share ourselves. We are made to share what we have. We were made to feed our brothers and sisters across the table with a three-foot spoon. You know, it's hard for a treasurer or associate treasurer to come up here and not talk about money, right? It's just, it's just hard. That just, I don't see that happening, okay? So let's get it out of the way real quick. Okay, and then go into the meat of the rest of the message. We know that our tithe belong to God. So there is, there's nothing to, to say further. That 10% is God's. This is not mine. But wait a minute. What do you mean that is God's? It's not mine. Does that mean that 90% is mine? But we just said everything belongs to God, including me. So wait a minute. So the 100% belongs to God. He's just asking me to return the 10. Right? And then we said, okay, we do 10%. Then I don't have to worry about the other 90. I can do whatever I want with the 90. But wait a minute. That 90 also belongs to God. It's his. Right? And you know, when we think and when we understand that concept every decision about all of our resources become a spiritual decision if my house belongs to God what I do in that house is a spiritual decision if my car belongs to God everything I do with that car is a spiritual decision if my money, and notice I said mine, which is not, right? If the money I think is mine belongs to God, everything I do with it is a spiritual decision. Testimonies for the Church, Volume 3, page 393 says, The Lord designed to bring men into close relationship with himself and into sympathy and love with his fellow men by placing upon him responsibilities and deeds that would counteract selfishness and strengthen his love for God and man. We are selfish by nature. And God gives us the opportunity to counteract that, to do things that go opposite to selfishness. The heart 
opened by one gift is not to have time to become selfishly cold and to close before the next is bestowed. The stream is to be continually flowing, thus keeping open the channel by acts of benevolence. That's what we are called to do. We are here this morning to reach out all of the Garland community. And like you said, by faith, because you are a faith community. You know, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, so let each one as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves what? I went to a church one time speaking about tithe and offerings. And I said this, if you are not happy giving, don't give anything. Pastor was sitting there that day, opened the eyes this big. And I said, I, I think I said something wrong. I didn't say it from the pulpit, obviously, right? But in my mind, I'm thinking, oops. But then I found the paragraph right before the one I just read to you. So don't believe me when I say that. Sister White says, same page of Testimonies for the Church, Volume 3. God does not compel men to give. He does not compel men to give. All that they give must be voluntary. He will not have his treasury replenished with unwilling offerings. I didn't say it. I was so happy when I found that. I was like, now I can say it, and it's okay. I have backup. A very strong backup, by the way. You know, the resources that God has given us is to finish his work on this earth. I don't know how many of you want to stay here. I don't. I want to go. I want to be in heaven already. I want to be grabbing that three-foot spoon or fork and feeding my fellow sister and brother across the table. I do. And when we believe that, our priorities change. We start seeing things different. We want to do whatever it takes. And not just here, because he said that the gospel will be preached where? Just in Garland? Nope. Everywhere. So if I can't go somewhere, I can probably help somebody that can't go somewhere. Right? We are gods. Not that we are gods. There's an apostrophe there. We belong to God. Let me say it that way. I think it sounds better. My Spanish accent gets in the way. Luke 19.40 says, But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if... I'm going to change it just a tiny bit. If you and me keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. The stones will deliver the message if we don't. You know, 
Paul before that verse, before verse 7 in 2 Corinthians 9, where he says, God loves a cheerful giver. He says, verse 6, if you want to follow along, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. That's harsh. That's harsh. But think about it. You cannot give what you don't have. Right? Can you give what you don't have? No. That is the whole basis of credit. Did you know that? You're trying to get with what you don't have. But that's a story for another day. Don't get me going on credit because I'll be here all day. Anyway, moving on. He says, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give, and we read this, a sea purpose in his heart. I want to jump to the end, so I don't want to keep you here all day. The only way that we can actually give a we purpose in our hearts is by having God in our hearts. But how do I do that? Oh, I come to church every day. Good. I read my Bible. Good. But I want to ask you today, have you, and I hope the answer is yes, you don't have to answer me, but I ask you this morning, have you experienced God? What do you mean, Francisco? What are you talking about? I want to share this passage with you, and with that, I will bring this to a close. John 9 talks about when Jesus opened the eyes of a blind man. Do you remember that story? But the miracle itself is not what I want to focus on for the next few minutes. It is the response of the blind man after he was a former blind man. This miracle happened on Sabbath. Okay? Just so you remember the story a little better. So the Pharisees were very happy about it, right? No, sarcasm, totally. Okay? They were not happy that this had happened on a Sabbath. So what do they do? They bring this man and they said, hey, who healed you? Who's been healing on Sabbath? And he said, I don't know who he is. I have no idea who he is. One thing I know. I was blind. And now I see. Dear brothers and sisters, when Jesus heals you, when you experience the power of God in your life, there is nobody that can take that away from you. Nobody. Because all we know is that we were blind, but now we can see. When that happens, our recognition that God owns everything is simple to understand because he has touched our hearts. He has healed us. We are not blind anymore. We can see him. You know, of every story about Jesus healing a blind man, 
one of the things that touches me the most is the fact, and I don't know if you have ever thought about this, but close your eyes for a minute and imagine that Jesus is the one opening them. So what is the first thing that you will see? It is Jesus' face. In this case, it's an exception, though, because he told them to go and wash his face, right? So he had no idea who had healed them. So when he comes back and they ask him, he didn't know. He said, I think it was a prophet. And they, were, they told them, the Pharisees, you need to give the God to glory, not to this man. Hmm. And he answered, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. Verse 25, John 9. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. What does this have to do with tithes, offerings, with a social treasurer talking about money like I said before? Because Paul said to give as you purposed in your heart. And when God is in your heart, you will have no problem being a cheerful giver. You won't. You will not. It will come naturally for you. Because trust me when I tell you, and I say this from experience, it is better to have 85%, 80%, 70% left in my pocket, blessed by God, that have 100% not blessed by Him. And please do not believe me. Listen to what I'm saying. Please do not believe me. Go try it yourselves. And God will bless you in ways that you never imagined. And please, this is not prosperity gospel. I'm not telling you you're going to become rich. That's not what I said. Okay? God will bless you in ways that doesn't have to be money. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's your parenting skills. There's so many ways. Maybe it's my leadership at church. God will bless us. When you get to know God, when you experience Him, you will have no doubt that you belong to Him. Every decision financial or otherwise, will be a spiritual decision. When you give, it will be cheerfully because you know that God will use it to bring others to have the same experience that you now have. You imagine if we could reach out to every person around here, this church will be too small. We'll have to plant three or four more. Because God will be in our hearts to share with others. And then we'll be in their hearts. When he opened our eyes and we see that it's an experience that nobody can take 
from us. And I ask you this morning, do you want to belong to God this morning? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you because we want to be yours. We know you made us to share, and we want to do it just like you share your son. And you've shared so many things, you give us everything. We put ourselves in your hands this morning and ask that you help bring the gospel to Garland and to the world, and you can come soon so we can be with you in heaven. We ask this in Jesus' name. for our closing song number 308 Holy Dime Thank you, dear Lord, for bringing us here today. Thank you for speaking to us this morning and speaking through us this morning. We are in your hands, and as we go home, please help us understand that everything that we do, it's either getting us closer to you or pulling us away from you. There's no in-between. So. 
have the Holy Spirit touch our hearts so that everything that we do will get us closer to you so you can come soon and we can be with you for eternity. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.